Thank you for listening to the First Christian Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. Here you will be able to listen to all of our Sunday morning sermons. Be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss a sermon. Enjoy today's message. Family's pretty important in the Bible. If you look at families, we're starting a series today called All in the Family. If you look in the Bible, very beginning, Genesis 1, 2, Adam and Eve, perfect paradise, perfect location, perfect setting, perfect people, naked and not ashamed. Doesn't get any better than that. Amen? And then all of a sudden, sin came into the world. And they were banished from the garden, and they had children. Cain killed evil, or Cain killed Abel, and it was evil. And from then on, families, we see families throughout the Bible. The next big event we see is the Tower of Babel, and all about Nimrod. And then we look at Noah, and the ark, and, and people had gotten so evil that God regretted in his heart that he had made mankind, and he saved Noah's family, and then there was Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And if you know anything about the Bible, Jews don't eat ham. So Ham, it wasn't the descendants of Ham that came to be, or the descendants of Japheth, but the uh, descendants of Shem, which became the Semites, which became the Hebrew Jewish people that the family line continued through. Then you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then you see them go into... Egypt and Joseph redeems them 400 years in Egypt and then Moses takes them out. God delivers them into the promised land and it's all about those two million people that came out of the promised land into or out of Egypt into the promised land which took 40 years because 10 were bad and two were good. Remember it took 40 years because they didn't have faith in God. And then we see the judges and the prophets and the kings of Israel and how they went through these patterns of sin and being far away from God. And there were patterns of revival that occurred among the Jewish nation. And then we get to the New Testament. And the Messiah comes, his name is Jesus, and if you look at the genealogy in Matthew 2, and I believe Luke also shares Jesus' genealogy, it goes from all the way from Adam until Joseph. But even Jesus' family wasn't perfect. You know, Jesus, Joseph wasn't Jesus' biological father, but he was raised as an adopted son in his family. And so we see families not being perfect in the Bible. And if we were totally honest, all of our families, your family, and maybe you have a really good family, but there are still some challenges in your family. So as we look at all in the family this this next month, we're going to talk about marriage, we're going to talk about siblings, we're going to talk about parenting, just realize there's no perfect family, but God takes you where you are and brings you where he wants you to be. And it's about progression and developing more than it is about being perfect. Just get that. And realize if maybe you come from a great family, guess what? 
That's, you're not responsible for that. You were, you won the lot, the family lottery. But if you came from maybe a little bit of a dysfunctional family that was a little quirky, that had some concerns, just realize that none of us get to choose our families. You can't choose that. That's just where you come from. But here's the deal, and, and if you're following along in outline, in outline today, and if you're online and don't have the, la- the outline, we have an outline every Sunday that you get to fill in the blanks. And I was told last week, or I had somebody write me a note and said, hey, will you reduce the writings because you're going too fast? So I tried to reduce the number of spaces on the outline this week so you could fill in the blanks for you perfectionists that got to get them all. And if you ever need a copy, I have a copy in my Bible. I'll give it to you so you can fill in the blanks. So I tried, I tried to respond as best as I can. And, and at the same time, understand that that's for your good because if you're like me, I, I can't remember what I preached last week because I was busy trying to preach, get ready to preach what I preached this week. And so if somebody asked me in the middle of the week, hey, do you remember when you said, it, it, it takes a lot of time for me to back up my memory to get to that point because I'm already into the next week and the next week. Because that's just kind of the delivery system that we have. But realize this, in saying all of that, God wants, wants to have and wants you to be a part of his forever family. That's super important to know. That I want you to emotionally, intellectually, mentally, psychologically to feel that. Paul says it best in uh, Ephesians chapter 1 verses 3 through 6. He says this, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us, hear that. He chose you in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. God chose you, hear that, to be in his forever family. God chose you. And hear this, the only thing that's going to last is God's family. So what you're working so hard for, what you're chasing your kids for, what, what is important now, if it's not being part of God's family... It's not going to last. Only God's family is going to last throughout eternity. Just like all those families I talked about going through the Bible, that was one family, one bloodline all the way through the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. Jesus was the Lion of Judah. They were chosen as you are chosen, adopted into the family of God. Now, that, that line is 2.38 billion people around the world. That is larger than China, Europe, and the United States 
together. It is the largest entity, the largest organization, the largest mass and body of people in the world. And God still wants you. And understand this as well. You cannot love Jesus and not love God's family. You can't love Jesus and not love God's family. Here's the deal. I hear this a lot. Well, I like Jesus and I just don't like the church. Listen, Christ loved the church. Christ loved God's family and died for it. He died for his bride. So to say you don't love the church and call yourself a Christian, that's a lie if you look at what the Word of God says in relationship to that. Now, I've got to, I, I understand if you're watching online today, if you're here in my presence, you've probably seen some things that went on in a church or amongst church people. And church is not a place, it's a body, it's an assembly of God's people. And church has probably failed in some way. In fact, a lot of times it takes a long time for people to warm up to our church because they're, they're kicking the tires and they're looking under the hood to follow Dave Basinger's uh, metaphor from communion and checking us out to see if we are what we say we are. And we're not the perfect church. I'll be the first to admit it. We are in the process of becoming a better church, developing, growing, changing. And that's all up to all of us because everybody matters in a church. But I get that, and I understand that, and we should be sensitive to that. But we are a group of broken, fallen people that are saved by grace in faith that are doing their best to serve God in this location to the glory of God, that we are part of that kingdom. So what is the church? What is the church? The church is God's family on earth and in heaven. We are part of that 2.38 billion people that are serving God in the world. But realize this, that we have loved ones, we have people that aren't present with us that are in heaven, in the presence of God now. And that is the church. We are preparing for that. And if we can't get along, if we can't love each other, if we can't get together and be united, how are we going to ever be united in heaven? Paul writes to Timothy, his mentee, his son of the Lord. He says, I hope to come to you soon. But I am writing these things to you so that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God. Some of the other translations say, if I delay, you may know how one ought to live in the family of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and a buttress of the truth. So part of our role is to deliver God's truth. Now, maybe you'll agree with this statement, maybe you won't, but our primary identity, my primary identity comes from my relationships. And we, we know who we are through our relationships. We are defined by our relationships or our identities are formed through our relationships. So as I get to know people in my family, then that defines and helps me to know who I am. 
if that makes sense. Now, if my relationships are bad in that biological family that I grew up with, then my identity suffers. And, and even today, who you surround yourself is who you become like. So how is that going for you? And, and most of all, and primarily, we learn our earthly identity in our biological family. And some of us maybe are in, were in foster care. Maybe we were adopted into a family. So we learn our identity there. Sometimes we have good or not so good families. And so our identity struggles or, or benefits from that. Paul says it this way in Ephesians 2 verse 19. He says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You are part of the family of God. You're not a stranger. You're not an alien. You are fully in the household of God. If you don't know your spiritual identity, you look for identity elsewhere. Maybe from your biological family, maybe your friends. And in fact, I I believe that even the brands we wear is a way to establish our identity. Now, it may be Nike, it may be Champion, it may be Under Armour, it might be Gucci, it might be anything that you can think of brand-wise. But we wear what we identify with, don't we? Now, here's the benefit of being a part of the family of God. I learn my true identity in God's family. Who we were created to be, the purpose in my life, in your life, who you were created to be, is found in God's family. The abilities, the gifts, the disabilities, the way you were created and intended to be, you find your true identity of what God desires of you in in God's family. Hebrews 2.11 says, For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. Talk about Jesus. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers. You see, Jesus is our source. And he calls us family. And he is not ashamed of you. Now, some of you, and I'm going to get into this in the sibling sermon this this month. Some of you have some family members that you don't want anybody else to know you have. Amen? And and mom and dad, if you're watching online from North Fort Myers, i got to say that about some of our family. We've got some stuff going on there. But they're still family, aren't they? And you love them. Now, something I'm going to say here may set some of you at odds with me. And I want to preface this by saying that our biological and our family of origin, however you say that, it's important. In fact, there are people that are watching that are here that, that kind of the center of their focus of their life probably should be is their children, and their marriage. And that's important. I mean, I, I want to say that that's super important. And, but, but a lot of things that we do at certain periods of our life aren't going to last, and they're not going to enhance what God wants for you. 
And you really have to establish some boundaries and set some priorities. But, but please hear this, understanding that I love my, my wife and I love my children and I am crazy in love with my grandchildren. Because, and you all know that. But hear this, from my heart to your heart. Your spiritual family is more important than your physical family. That's hard for me to say. It's, I think it's the first time I've ever said that. I had to really, really think about that. But hear, hear that again. Your spiritual family is more important than your physical family. And I hope you're saying, well, why do you believe that, Chris? Here's the deal. Your physical family is temporary. God's family is forever. When we look at the Old Testament, we look at the New Testament, all that is gone. Now, what they did and what we benefit from lasts. But your spiritual family is the only thing that's going to go to heaven. And, and if you're raising kids, hear this. We have a great children's ministry. We have a great student ministry. We, we do about anything and everything we can to win kids to Christ so they know the Lord and they have a permanent place to go forever in God's family. And, and if you're not taking your kids to children's ministry, if you're not involved in student ministry and you have kids there, that's where, to me, that's the number one priority is bringing, bringing those kids to Christ. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm a recovering youth pastor of like 28 years. I'm in recovery. That was my addiction. It wasn't always healthy, but it was my addiction. Hear that. That's going to last. So I hope you're asking yourself, as I preach this, how can I be in God's forever family? Hear this. God's family is composed of saved and baptized believers. They are saved by grace through faith, and they're baptized into Christ. Jesus said it this way in Mark 16, 16. He says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Now listen. You've got to believe before you're baptized. You have to have faith. You have to know Jesus before you're baptized. Some of you don't even really know, other than that somebody's told you you were baptized, that you were baptized. You have to believe personally. Nobody else can do that for you. You need to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You need to repent. That means to turn your life over to God. It may be a 360. If you were raised in the church, you said, well, I don't have enough to repent of. Well, you and I both know you're not perfect. You've sinned against God. You need to repent. Peter said in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, after they were convicted of heart of their sin, and they believed and they knew what Peter was saying was 100% completely true about Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection, and the plan that God had for them. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for what? The remission of sin and the gift of the Holy Spirit. So if you didn't believe before you're baptized, you need to be rebaptized. That's hard to say for me. If you did not repent, and if you didn't know that you were even baptized, you need to be baptized. But not only that, hear this. You were meant to grow and serve in the family of God. You just don't attend a church. You connect in a church. We need each other. 
Three, God's family is composed of people committed to Jesus and to each other. I'm committed to my biological family. I'm committed even to my siblings. Even though it's a challenge at times, I'm committed to them. But even more, I should be committed to you, and you need to be committed to me. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5, he says, And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves, how? First to the Lord, and then by the will of God, to us, to one another. There's all kinds of one another's. In scripture. So I'm not only committed to Jesus, I am also committed to every person in God's family. Everyone. Now, if you're watching online today, or I, we have, we have someone that's been a long time watcher from Columbus, Ohio in our presence today. She identified herself. I'm not going to embarrass her. But I'm so grateful that she's here. She even, I, I, I want you to know, she even missed me when I was on vacation. So where's your pastor at? Because one of her family members attends here. How cool is that? So glad you could be with us today. But understand this. It, the pandemic's changed the way we, we do church. But, but church hasn't changed. God's will hasn't changed for his family. He said you cannot be in the family of God, by yourself in isolation. You've got to be with people. Jesus said where two or three are gathered. We need that gathering. We, we, you need other people to hold you together in connection. I had someone out of our first service today say, you know, you preached to me today. I'm, I'm, I'm introverted. I'm alone a lot. And I needed to hear that because I am lonely and 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 in our world today we are the loneliest most anxious fearful culture that we've ever seen and it's within us as well as outside of these walls that people need God and need to be connected now here's something else that you need to know you can be in God's family and not be connected I said last week, I said, it, it kills me when people leave our church. They get upset or something happens and they leave. That breaks my heart. But, but I find a lot of people just kind of pass through our church because they, they, they come and they join and they sit in a chair. It used to be a pew, but they sit in a chair and they never get connected and then they just kind of pass on through because you can attend a church, but you cannot, you, you can not connect. And God's goal for you, God's purpose for you, is to connect in the body. Because without that, that's what we were created for, to be connected. And, and, and why? Because in God's family, we are supported by each other. I need you. I need accountability, I need love, I need care, I need encouragement. Now, Chris, you sound pretty needy. I am. I've got to admit that. I'm vulnerable. But without you, I cannot be the best me because that's where I find my identity. And I think the same is true for you. Now, I don't know if you're a Legos fan or not. 
Some of you look like you were Lincoln log builders in the day. How many of you Lincoln log builders? I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the generation. I was a Lincoln log, 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 Lincoln log builder. Lincoln log builder. But I can remember when Legos came. You all, everybody remember when Legos came? We have some Legos users, some of you, some of you. Legos, remember in Legos? Okay. Legos is pretty cool. You can make Star Wars. You can make the Millennial Falcon. They have Marvel, Marvel, uh, characters that you can make with Legos. You know, the little plastic pieces. Some of you might not know what those are. They have Legoland. My grandkids have been to Legoland. In fact, they even have Harry Potter stuff with Legos. It's amazing. Legos are built for connection. Have you ever, as a parent or a grandparent, walked across your bedroom or living room floor barefooted and step on a Lego? I'm telling you, they're little sharp, nasty little things that hurt your feet. They may not break the skin, but they're painful. A lot of times, that's what we are in isolation. We're like a Lego. But you know that Legos, if they aren't connected to one another making something, you know what they are? They're just a pile of plastic. Without each other connected together, working together in unity, what are we? Paul says in Romans 1.12, he says, that is that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith both yours and mine. And if the Apostle Paul needed an encouragement, how much more do we need encouragement? You see, God's family, God's family is the antidote to loneliness. When you're connected, people long to belong in something. Wouldn't you want to belong to something that is the greatest entity on earth that's going to transcend time and space and eternity. And realize this, that there is a tremendous diversity in the family of God. There may be tremendous diversity in your biological family. I know mine is tremendously diverse. We're, we're tremendously diverse politically. We're tremendously diverse opinion-wise. We're tremendously Uh, diverse locationally just there are so many geographically there's so much diversity but but that's really cool if you really appreciate what we're talking about here your gifts your abilities your skill set we can't all do it by ourselves we need each other and we really need each other because we need to be defended protected and cared for God's family is meant to defend, protect, and care for all the members of the family. And that will create less anxiety amongst us, less fear, more stability. And we find that in the people of God, in the family of God. Because you need people to walk into your life when everyone walks out, don't you? And that support and the care and the defense. Here's a benefit. Two groups of people to support, to protect, and defend. 
The first group, and it's basically all the same thing, pastors, shepherds, and elders are called of God to protect the flock. Peter, probably the main apostle of the band of the twelve, said this. He said, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly to care for the flock. And the second group is this, either small groups, life groups, whatever you call them, an adult Bible fellowship, which we're going to be starting after Labor Day again in a large way. And I'm looking for life group leaders. I'm looking for small group leaders. I'm looking for adult Bible fellowship people to lead. And and we need to engage because we need to connect with each other. Acts chapter 2, verse 44, as that early first generation church, first century as they met together, they, they all, and it says, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were connected. Four, God's family is preparing for Christ's return and heaven. That's our, that's our role. There is something more and better. There's something more to this life than what we are experiencing now. God has prepared a place for us. He has never left us. He won't fail us in this life, but he has prepared a place for us. Hebrews 12, 23 says this, And to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, if you're part of the family of God, you are registered in heaven. Your reservation is already made. And to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits, of the righteous made perfect. God wants everyone, including you, in his family. Paul says it this way. Again, as I read earlier, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself. Hear that. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved I heard a true story this week. In the 1940s, that's a long time ago, 80 years ago, a young man and a young woman started dating, and it was kind of almost a love at first sight. It was a whirlwind romance, and they knew they were meant for each other. But two months into the relationship, the lady in the relationship found out she was pregnant. It was somebody else that she had been with, and that was not heard of in the 1940s. This is post-World War II. And, and they were Christians. It was a mistake. And the guy prayed about it. He thought about it. And he said, you know, I just believe that, that if we're going to have a relationship, if we're going to be married, you're going to have to have this baby, and we're going to give it up for adoption. Okay, fast forward for 50 years. 
Total secret in the family. Nobody knew about it. The, the children that were born, the grandchildren that were born, and, and they even named the baby. It was a little girl named Angela. Fifty years later, there's a phone call at their house. Angela's mom, who gave her up for adoption, answered the phone. And let me preface this. Before Angela contacted her biological mom, it was, there was a 30-day wait before she made that phone call. Because she realized probably why Angela wasn't raised in her biological family was because she could tell that the, the man that her biological mom was married to was not her father. And so when she made that phone call, if she made that phone call, she knew there, there was a good chance of rejection because this woman was still married to this man. But she made the phone call. And she identified herself as Angela, and I believe that you are my birth mom because her mom answered the phone. And her mom, the only word she said was, it's Angela. And she couldn't speak. And she turned the phone over to her husband. And he said, Hi, Angela. And she told him the story and, and that she was searching for her family. And he said, He said, Well, our family's having a get together, and this was around Christmas time, three days after Christmas. And so he, he said, we would love that you would be, it would come and be, be with us. Would you do that? And she said, oh, I, I really hate to impose on you. I really don't think I, I want to do that. Because she was afraid. You know what he said? He said, you don't understand. This celebration is for you. We want you to be a part of our family. And she broke down in tears. Now God wants you to be a part of His family. No matter where you've been, what you've done, who you are, how good or how not good you are, He doesn't care. He has designed you for His purpose to be adopted into His family. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, confessed Him, believed and been baptized, you need to do that. Christian, if you've been around for a while and you've been attending and you've been bumping the tires in our, in our church family and, and the family of God, you need to connect. You're not going to last in isolation. You just won't. You'll just pass through. And, and there's no perfect family. There just isn't but you need to be a part of God's family that's going to transcend time and eternity. He wants to know you. Will you please stand as I pray? Eternal God and Father, we are so, so very grateful that you created this family for us, that Jesus gave his life for us, that we might know him as Lord and Savior. And Father, whatever the next step that, that it takes 
in our lives, I pray, Father, that your people, each person will take that step to know you in in a saving way, in a connecting way, in a growing and serving way, that they can live out their true identity in Christ. And Father, that we as a family will be prepared for heaven and all eternity. And Father, those around us, may we take them with us that we might have the right priorities in our lives. And Father, I just pray just now that your spirit would move in such a way that others would make that decision today. And I pray this all in 